Jesus actually delivers him from the legion of demons that had possessed him. You know this story? And when Jesus delivered him, the townspeople came because, well, they were concerned that their, their whole thousands of, of pigs had fallen into the ocean. But they, they came and they found something completely different. They found this madman that they had once known was now in his right mind. It says in Mark 5 that he was clothed, sitting in his right mind at the feet of Jesus. And it's as if this man uh, put a box on his head and said, here I am, Jesus, I'm your gift, right? And he wanted to go with Jesus wherever he would lead him. And do you know what Jesus' response to him was? It wasn't laughter like the mother. <laughs> but Jesus' response was, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. When this man wanted to go wherever Jesus would lead him, when this man said, hey, I'm yours, take me. I'm your New Year's present. Uh, Jesus said, you know what you can do for me? You can go and tell what I've done for you. In other words, the power of our testimony is such that it's actually acceptable service to the Lord our Maker. The power of testimony is such that, as Revelation 12, 11 says, we can overcome the dragon by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I've never had thousands of demons delivered from me, so I don't have a dramatic story or powerful testimony to share. Well, friends, if it's personal, it's powerful. Uh, there's a statement that I love and that I often just try, try to give myself a pep talk about. It says, our confession of his faithfulness, simply our sharing of his testimony, our confession of his faithfulness is heaven's chosen agency for revealing Christ to the world. In other words, when God is looking for the best way to reveal Jesus to the world, he doesn't just pick one story from the Old Testament or one story from the New Testament. No, no, no. He picks from your life and mine. Our confession of his faithfulness is heaven's chosen agency for revealing Christ to the world. We are to acknowledge his grace as made known through the holy men of old, but that which will be most effectual is the testimony of our own experience. And so today... At the close of this year, we, want to, we know that it's a time of reflection. We know that it's a time of remembering what God has done and what God will do. And so we've asked uh, Kenny and Lorna and Frank to share with us what has God done for them. And, and I pray that as, as we hear their stories, we would actually find ourselves, we would actually find our own stories. Oh, man, if, if the Lord can do it for them, he can do it for me, you know? And so what I'd like to do is just offer a word of prayer that God would open their mouths and open our hearts. All right, let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that in the great scheme of eternity and in the, in the whole story of the great controversy, you actually give us a chance to play on your team. That you would actually give us a chance to open up our mouths and confess your faithfulness. Lord, there are heavenly intelligences angels here and there who could easily declare your goodness and faithfulness because they see it day by day night by night they see it without hindrance and yet you ask us to declare your faithfulness lord i pray that uh, as we hear as we listen that we would also feel a charge to be witnesses 
to testify of your faithfulness, whether big or small, dramatic or simple. I pray especially for Kenny and Lorna and Frank today, that you would give them the assurance of the presence of your Holy Spirit standing right there with them. Thank you that you have given them an experience to share and the opportunity to share today. In Jesus' name, let the family say, Amen. Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Is it all right if we pray again? Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to ask that the words that are spoken are yours and not mine, and um, that somebody is touched. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've written out my testimony because it's quite long, and uh, please. Accept my apology if I happen to read it off. It's interesting to look back at my life and see where God has led me in the past. Hindsight is 2020, and what seemed cloudy and hazy back then now seems clear. I've always been in the church. I was baptized when I was 11 as I heard the Spirit of God tugging at my heart. However, I haven't always been intentional about following God. I was caught up living like the rest of my friends, kinda in the church, but kinda not. I knew I wasn't as serious as I could have been, but I had other priorities and didn't feel like I needed God for anything more than forgiveness. I didn't feel like I was missing anything, except maybe more of a social life, and for the most part, was rather satisfied with my lukewarm condition. What I was actually missing was a deep personal relationship with Christ. As the time to go to college grew closer, the magnitude of this academic challenge drove me to seek God, or at least Jesus, in a more personal way. I felt like Jesus loved us and God tolerated us because, well, Jesus loved us and God loved Jesus. But even if God the Father only tolerated us, I knew I couldn't get through school without him. So I guess you could say I went to God originally for purely selfish reasons. However, freshman year of college, I drifted further away from God than I ever thought possible for myself. I even flirted with atheism for a time. But I couldn't get over the sheer masterpiece of the human body. As I stared at my hands one night, a deep impression that there had to be a God overwhelmed me. At the end of my second semester of college, I wasn't making the grades I needed, and it looked like I wasn't going to pass a few of my classes, or at least not by engineering standards. I needed help, and to the God I wasn't sure existed, I went. I asked for a miracle. Lo and behold, I got one. I was able to pass the classes that I had struggled with up to and even during the final exam. I went from a D to a B in a class, and I still don't really understand what happened to this day. I remember opening my grades for the first time after my finals. I broke down and cried as I realized that God, the God I didn't fully believe in, had helped me. It was then that I realized that God really loved me. It was at this point that I decided I would restart my Christian walk from the beginning. During an appeal, I went up and signed up for Bible classes in preparation for baptism. I had already been baptized, 
but I wanted to learn about God, this God, who I really never understood in a healthy way until I opened my grades. As I attended Bible studies, I asked for a focus on God, the Father. I always had seen him as a dictator that commanded his kind son to die for sin so that he could prove himself righteous to the universe. But as we went through the Bible, verse by verse, I saw that this idea wasn't supported biblically. I started studying the Bible more on my own, and around the same time, a friend asked me if I would do a read-the-whole-Bible-in-a-year program with her, so I figured I might as well. As I read through the Old Testament, I didn't see a dictator God at all, but a God who continually kept reaching out his hand to humanity, only to have it ignored and rejected time after time. For example, Hosea 11, 8 and 9 says, How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? How shall I deliver thee, Israel? How shall I make thee as Adma? How shall I set thee as Zavon? Mine heart is turned within me. My repentings are kindled together. I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not man, the Holy One in the midst of thee, and I will not enter into the city. Another intriguing verse about who God is can be found in Exodus 34, 6, and 7. God is responding to Moses' request for God to show him his glory. After some necessary preparations, God describes himself as the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the father upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and the fourth generation. The more I studied, the more I realized that the Bible only teaches that God is merciful and kind and patient. He not only forgives our sins and transgressions, but also our iniquities or the sins we struggle with. However, for him to be both just and our justifier, he can't forgive those who don't allow the blood of Jesus to cover their sins. This means that the only way we can be lost is to reject his sacrifice. It's, it amazed me that Jesus' death didn't automatically save anyone. Everyone must choose to accept his death as a substitution for their own. God loves us too much to force us to live forever with him. These types of concepts presented God in a more accurate way, and I felt naturally drawn to this God. It was at this point that I asked God for the ability to be more diligent and intentional with what I did. I wanted to know what I was learning instead of just get better grades in school. The request was more of a test to see if God would really come through for me if I gave him my academic life. I was entering the hardest year of engineering with physics, calculus three, and many more difficult classes that I knew only God could help me with during that year. Or maybe to see if only God would help me instead of could help me. I started exercising and eating healthier so that I could think faster and more clearly. I made sure I got proper sleep and prayed about how to study. However, there wasn't a thunder and lightning experience every time I was about to fill in the wrong answer on a test, or even a voice telling me which answer to pick. Instead, there was silence. Many times I felt like God had abandoned me. Sometimes I thought, sometimes a thought would come into my head, 
then I would feel really uneasy about following a random suggestion that seemed like my thoughts. I would feel even more uneasy when my classmates and I would discuss answers after putting um, our answers down on the test. Each time I felt like I didn't do well, I received my test back with one of the highest grades. I could only thank God at these times because it literally was only God that enabled me to do this. At the end of that year, I finished at the top of my class. It was not me in any way, shape, or form. It was God. James 1.5 states, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and umbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I applied this verse to my grades, but the extent of the possible applications from this verse far exceeds mere academia. If we don't understand how we need Jesus, we can ask. If we don't understand how to get closer to Jesus, we can ask. If we don't even see God as loving and need help to see him more clearly, we can ask. We can and we must, because we aren't smart enough, wise enough, or even sane enough to think without Christ. Jesus says in John 15:5, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. And in Matthew 7, 7 and 8, he says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks, receives. And he that seeks, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Where am I now? Caught in a repetitious cycle of asking. Asking for help in my job. Asking for help for my friends. And most importantly, asking for God to draw me nearer and closer to him. These are all gifts from God. I encourage you to let the author and finisher of your faith write your story. And to trust God as he writes it out. Being confident in this very thing. That he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. As a child <clears throat> growing up on a farm in the Midwest, I was second born with an older brother and then twin brothers younger than I completed the family. Between chores, school, there was little time for play. We all did grow up with a good work ethic. A person easily assumes that your home life was normal, if that's the only one you know. Exposure to the home life of others seemed to me as a child much like my own. I do have one pleasant memory of childhood that has stayed with me. My father was an early riser. He would get up way before dawn light the kerosene lamp, we had no electricity, and he would get the fire going in the living room to warm up the house. And I would get up 
when the house was warm, I was an early riser too. And I would always find Daddy sitting in his easy chair reading his Bible. Daddy was a head elder of a small country church where we lived. He had become an Adventist just when he was a teenager. He had been working for a farmer that was an Adventist. They gave him Bible studies and he joined the church. My mother was teaching church school um, for that small country church and mother and dad married. I do realize that transformation of a character takes time. And dad was just beginning his Christian life, actually. My father had an uncontrollable temper. He was constantly in a rage. And I grew up in a very insecure, a very fearful home. A person does react to fear, and I realized later my reaction was to freeze, and I couldn't think. And it can still happen even now to me. Daddy was emotionally and physically abusive to my mother and to us children. It wasn't safe to ask questions. You just learn to comply. I'm not going to share the horrific memories other than to say I have no other memory of a kind, loving act or word from my father. In my thinking, I was a survivor. You didn't talk about what went on in your home, and you didn't ask others what went on in their home either. My parents did divorce, and I never intentionally had any contact with my father. After my senior year in the academy, I went away to a boarding school. My mother had to assume full financial responsibility for myself and my brothers who were still at home. The court had ordered daddy to pay child support, but he never paid a penny. My mother never ever talked about my father's behavior. I went on to college the college that served that area was Union College in Lincoln, Nebraska. And after my freshman year in college, I married a wonderful man. It was a God thing. God knew. what I needed because I received love from my husband. Forgive me, I'm sorry. I had... not been able to receive love from my father. He wasn't capable. 
and my mother was an emotionally detached person. I knew she cared about us, but she, from her upbringing, didn't know how to express it or to show it either. Married life was good, and we were busy. We finished college, graduated, and we both went into the work field. Life was good. And another way in which God had in healing my wounds was through the Rockies, Ron and Nancy Rocky. They were at SoCal camp meeting, and you, Parkwood Church, invited them to come and have a weekend seminar. Some of you may remember that. It was back in the 90s. And I realized I had issues with my father, childhood issues that needed to be resolved. The Rockies had a seminar that lasted for 22 weeks, and we met weekly, and I joined that. And the purpose of that wasn't to find fault with your parents, but it was to help you to grow, understand yourself, and understand your parents and where they were coming from and the issues they had that affected them in their parenting. Forgiving my father was a real struggle for me, and it did take years to work through that. In the late 80s, early 90s, my husband was having health problems and was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. He passed away in 2007. <clears throat> you know, we all make choices in life. None of us are exempt from making poor choices. What is important is that we learn from those choices. In 2009, I moved to Southern California, but life was not what I wanted it to be. I was continuing my personal devotion time and talking with God, and he seemed to be opening doors for me to come back to this area. I was missing special time with my son and my grandchildren. So I walked through that door that God seemed to open up for me. Life did seem much better. I had a lot of questions about life, and answers came to me through communion with God in my personal devotion time. I had started reading through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And you know the Old Testament is filled with God reminding the nation of Israel that he rescued them from Egypt. And the thought had occurred to me, God, have you ever rescued me? His answer was overwhelming. Yes, I rescued you from a from a dysfunctional childhood. I had 50 years with my husband in which God was healing the wounds of my childhood. 
God knows the details of our individual life. He can heal the damage done. And as a parent, I've not always been the parent I wished I had, would have liked to have been. God does understand our humanness, and he can heal the damage if we are open to him. One of my younger brothers did stay in contact with dad, and he said that dad had changed. So God was healing my father, too. God is so good to us. God has different priorities and timing, but his timing and his ways are perfect. At prayer meeting in the middle of December, Pastor referred to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. And I'd like for you to maybe read that if you have time. It says, chapter 2, verse 1, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. Like a boat docking, it needs to be tied or anchored, or else the water is going to move it. We need to be tied and anchored ourselves, and that anchor is communion with God. We get so busy, distractions of life, living our life, that having personal devotion time to commune with God isn't always a top priority. And we do drift. Looking back, I see that in my life. And we know that King Solomon was distracted in his life. And he and the nation of Israel suffered because of that. God is so good to us. As you look back over your life, you'll discover surprising epiphanies, which only we can receive, perceive by looking back in retrospect. We're rarely aware of their significance when they happen, but only later when we look back. You know, our life is like going down rushing down a set of tracks in one direction. And the next moment, we have been wrenched off of those tracks onto a new set, heading off an entirely different direction. It is a complex journey, the life that we live, and it is awesome. The thankfulness and gratefulness to God for he, what he has done in my life, I find overwhelming. Way before I even knew I had a need, God was meeting that need. I'm sure he's done it in your life, too. And ask him about it, and he'll show it to you, and then share it with us. Thank you. Morning, church. Um, <laughs> this is not my uh, calling uh, to get up here and talk. 
Um, most of you know me, Frank Herman, uh, born and raised here. This is my home church. Um, went to Adventist Academy, Pathfinders. Um, was raised uh, knowing what's right, doing what's right most of the time for the most part. Um, uh, shied away from God, from what he had for me. Never really took to heart everything that, uh, that God had for me in store. Um, you know, uh, didn't study hard, didn't uh, really uh, take it to heart. Um, you know, always, uh, this is not the easy job here, okay? I get, my, hand, my hat is off to Godfrey for doing this every week. Um, yeah, I like to make light of things, not of heavier, hard things like this. Um, but in the last two years, um, since Godfrey got here, uh, I guess my wife started it all. She um, decided to make a change in her life. And with that, with that change um, came the change in my life. So anyhow, I'm just, uh, I was, came up here, thought I'd tell you about the power of prayer, how prayer has changed things, made things better. Um, you're not going to get it if you don't ask for it. Um, it all kind of started out uh, just uh, loneliness, jealousy. Um, started out with uh, a story you've all maybe maybe you guys read the echoes my wife wrote the story how um, gosh this thing's annoying um, how uh, I was uh, feeling left alone abandoned because my wife had found something new that she was um pushing forward into without me. So uh, I decided to uh, see what was, what was good about what, what was going on. So uh, I came to prayer meeting. Little did I know that this prayer meeting was, uh, was going to be the uh, opening of Godfrey's new uh, seminar, the Hope of Prophecy, or uh, Prophecy of Hope seminar. And uh, found out when I got here that the Hope of Prayer meeting was going to be a walk about the, the uh, complex here. Uh, stopping in different places, praying for the Spirit of God. 
to change lives. So we walked, we prayed, we prayed, I prayed, rusty prayers, or, you know, uh, prayed that God would help someone. Prayed that his influence, or the influence of God, prayed. Not knowing the person I prayed for was me. So yeah, this is terrible. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we, we prayed, we walked, we prayed. Um, it been a long time. Uh, it was uh, made hard, but uh, maybe made easier. Hard? Easy? I don't know. Tell me. You tell me what it is. Um, when you got a guy like Godfrey that you got to partner up with, uh, after not being to church in years, I was partnered up with Godfrey right away and uh, had to make my prayer walk. Well, didn't have to. <laughs> I had the privilege of praying with Godfrey, and he had the privilege of praying with me. And um, as we walked and prayed, um, I was changed. I uh, made my, my big change. I started coming back to church. I don't think I've missed a prayer meeting yet. Um, and I encourage you all to... Um, to join into prayer, get into prayer. Gosh, you don't get it if you don't ask for it. You don't, you're not going to find it if you don't seek it. If you don't knock, the door's not going to be open, as, as Kenny said. Um, and the last two years have been nothing but answered prayers. God has answered prayer after prayer after prayer. Um, after I gave my heart to uh, God last year, after the seminar, um, I have depended solely on God. I have just turned it all over to him, um, found a new job where uh, my boss was a screamer and a yeller and would be the last person you would think would be somebody to um, open up and pray with you. And uh, I found a friendship in that guy. And so we started praying at work. And uh, blessings flowed from that time on. Um, even up until the, uh, the day I was fired from that job <laughs> on my birthday of this year. Um, kind of a weird situation to be happy about, but I went home happy because uh, I, I felt like uh, the job was just not right for me. I had gone as far as I could with that job. And uh, when I returned home after getting fired on my birthday, my wife was like, how can you be so excited? Well, I didn't, uh, I'd been praying to God to give me another job to give me a new job, a new calling, something that um, uh, I could make a difference at. Well, I didn't know my new job would be uh, to take some time off, eight months off, in fact. Um, during those eight months, I was able to take time and um, join in, in the Taj uh, Hope of uh, Hope, Hope of uh, Prophecy of Hope, Prophecy of Hope seminar, yeah. Um, so I took time and, and, and took time off and spent a lot of time um, once again in prayer with Godfrey um, in the prayer room, um, asking that God would help and, and, and just guide people, direct people, um, just expound and, and be in people's lives. And um, 
God did that. He gave me eight months off, paid my bills, took care of the situation at hand um, where I could have time off. Even up until recently now, um, when I had to look for a job again, unfortunately, um, God gave me the right job. I, uh, I kind of shied away from the jobs that uh, was close here in town that would give me time to spend more in the Bible because um, I'm used to commuting a lot. Um, a lot of my time is spent on the road. But um, so I went after jobs that I thought were, were more fitting to me, more money. Yeah, okay, we all need more money, sure. Um, but did I need that job that was further away with more money? No, I, uh, I, I found out that uh, after running away from uh, a job that was right here in Stockton, a nice job, um, that uh, I tried to play a little Jonah role, I guess. I ran away from what God handed to me and kept searching for a higher paying job, which was further away and all that. But uh, God didn't give me the higher paying job. He didn't want me to have that job. He wanted me to have this other job that was less money, substantially less. I didn't understand why, but um, uh, God revealed it to me uh, after uh, my searching was in vain, going other places, trying to find these other jobs. Um, he gave me this job right here in town, um, just walked in the door and the guy said, Jack, come back tomorrow. Here's your job. Here it is. God handed it to me. Um, and do we need to worry about things like money? Nah, there's no, no reason to worry. I'm going to tell you right now. God takes care of that. God has given me a job 30 minutes from my house, which is the closest I've ever worked. Um, it's less money, but I bring home more because God's given me... Um, over time, the fact that uh, my other guys, my partners that I work with normally, they aren't working right now because of this extra winter we're having. Thank God for that. We've been praying for that, yeah. Um, God has given me the extra money and the extra time, and the guys that I normally work with on infrastructure work, doing highway structures, they're not working right now because of the rain. But me, I'm working every day, unfortunately. Um, but I am working every day, making more money because I'm getting the overtime out of it. God will supply your every need. That's, let me just put it, that's, that's basically my story. God's gonna give it to you if you ask for it. Um, every day of your life, the more you ask, the more you'll see, the more you'll receive, the more you'll get, the blessings flow. You've gotta ask. You've got to knock. You've got to seek it. You'll find it. God will give it to you. Um, my story is simple. It's uh, a young man who, who left the church, got bored with the church, came back to the church. Thank you. Have you been blessed this morning? If, if you didn't know it, Jesus is alive. <laughs> Our God is real, and uh, we have the, the assurance that Jesus is mine. 
he gave himself to us um, in a lowly manger. He gave himself to us on an ugly cross. He gives himself to us every day through the ministry of the heavenly sanctuary. He ever lives to make intercession for you and I today. And if you are looking for an anchor, find it in his presence. If you've found yourself, you're just kind of looking back at 2014 and you realize you're farther from the dock than you intended to be. Sink your anchor deep in time alone with Jesus. If you've forgotten the simplicity of prayer, get on your knees and pray. Grab the hand of someone next to you and say, please pray with me and for me. Take advantage of those opportunities after church every Sabbath here in the committee room or on Wednesday evenings or the 10 days of prayer that are coming up starting January 7. Pray and seek his face. If you've forgotten that Jesus can take you and turn it into him, <laughs> read the gospel once again. Huh? Our God is alive and he wants to give us daily experiences of his power. And in the coming year, um, I can't even wait to see what other stories you and I will have to share of his faithfulness. Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father, we thank you that your story, the revelation of who you are, of your faithfulness, that you are the Father who loves us with a tender, everlasting love. That revelation of the everlasting gospel is not just something that is locked in on pages of scripture, but it's... It's being written every day on the pages of our hearts and lives. And Father, I'm praying for this church family that's gathered here today that, that you would continue to author your story, that you would be both the author and the finisher, that you would complete that good work you have begun. Thank you so much for those who have shared today. And I pray, God, that we would continue to open our mouths wide for your glory. Lord, there are burdens on our hearts today. We have heard others' stories, but we're really hearing our own story. God, I pray for healing and restoration for any heart that is wounded and scarred. Lord, I pray for divine wisdom for anyone who is feeling uh, just confused and wondering if they've been abandoned by you. Lord, I pray for greater faith, the simplicity of a childlike faith. If anyone feels that that they or their loved ones are, are too far gone for your hand. Oh God, please, reveal yourself to us as the God of everlasting love. Reveal yourself to us as the God for whom nothing is impossible. And God, as we walk from this place, may we never walk away from your presence. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let the family say, Amen. God bless you. Happy New Year. You're welcome to join us for prayer here or fellowship lunch in the Bellman Hall. Happy Sabbath.